0: Having a beer after a hard day's work once meant putting up with a six o'clock swill.
1: The swill is not only unpleasant, it's also dangerous. Those who like beer, and surprisingly it's still legal to like it. South Australia joins all other states in abandoning the six o'clock swill. Welcome to the six o'clock swill with me, Nick Cater, and Tim Blair, blogger to the nation. In the week when the world's premier virtue signalling competition gets underway in Qatar with a little bit of, I think, soccer on the side. Is that right, Chip? I
0: didn't know that soccer was involved, but uh, continue.
1: Well, there's a lot of knee bending and eye covering and goodness knows what else. Later on, we'll be talking the Victorian election. The state of Victoria goes to the polls with dictator Dan about to gain himself another four-year term. And the world's worst electric car arrives in Australia. There is a world's worst. Well, we'll get on to that in a minute. You're the motoring correspondent, Tim. You can tell us all about that. I must confess, <laughs> I've had my head in energy policy all week, so you're going to have to tell me the more interesting things going on in the world.
0: Starting with the World Cup. <laughs> pressure. I don't follow the soccer ball game, but I don't think there's been much of it really happening in, over in the sunny Qatar. It's been a lot of British players taking the knee. I think some German players took the mouth, which is a took gesture I haven't mouth. seen before. Mm. They covered their mouths with their hands mm. because they'd been, you know, they wanted to indicate they'd been silenced over some sort of other signal that was deemed too, too woke, even for soccer.
1: Yeah, the Australian football team, the Socceroos, produced a video highlighting Qatar's human rights abuses. All 16 players participated in the video, which attacked mm. the suffering of migrant workers and the inability of Qatar's LGBTQ people to love the person they choose. Good effort there from the Aussies, but no on-field virtue signaling, just the video, I think.
0: If you're so upset about conditions in Qatar, why do you go there? You can take the most principled stand that you was possible to just bail on the whole tournament, wouldn't you? I mean, that's what we did for decades with South Africa.
1: In these stadiums that were supposedly built by slave labor, in which slave you know migrant workers died constructing these, these stadium you are going to entertain people by playing on the pitch conducted by this slave labor it's um mm, no yes. it doesn't quite fit does it no no the dutch of course uh organized the one love campaign to promote inclusion and send a message yep. against discrimination that would be them of course um 10 Football teams from Europe decided to get on board and undertook to wear the One Loves Rainbow armband. Uh, The the British were going to do this, so we're going to send a message. It's all about sending a message. It'd
0: be nice (laughs) to send the ball into the goal sometimes, wouldn't it? That's what Nick, the Germans found out after they did their little mouth ceremony. they proudly covered their mouths to indicate the tragic silencing of their point of Mm. view about love. Yeah. And then went out and lost to Japan. Yeah. They might have focused a bit more on the kicking of the ball than the hiding of the mouth. What are some of our other World Cup woke highlights? Yeah.
1: The big contest between the two former allies, Germany and Japan. The Emperor's team came out top two goals to nil, I think. I thought the British were great. They, they were going to go on and wear the rainbow one-love armband and until they were warned that there might be a, a yellow card. They get yellow carded for this. and Sort of Gareth Southgate starting off the yellow card. The whole they weren't going to go that far, were they? So they did the. Uh, the they took the knee, which seemed strange. I took, taking the knee wasn't that about? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that started off with the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States. It was also anti-slavery. So where that quite fits in with Qatar, I yes. don't know. But apparently, we were told by the English football team that this was a, now a generic anti-racism gesture taking the knee
0: it is linked to slavery and they were performing this little gesture in a stadium built by just remind me again nick migrant slave labor
1: (laughs) but the english did invite some of the migrant slave workers to train with them
0: oh that's nice they would have appreciated
1: that well they did and it was all it was again it was they wanted to send a message message always comes in parentheses against discrimination well nothing you're telling me here is
0: making me want to tune into the sport
1: well i it's all about performative virtue signaling isn't it and i just think that we want innovation in this area don't we well, what do you think i mean what could they do maybe maybe bearing the bottom maybe the bearing the bottom and lighting the flatulence in protest against <laughs> what
0: about what about they could they could throw paint at something sure. or no soup isn't that what you do these days if you, if you want to indicate your opposition to terrible climate change, or presumably throwing soup around might become it could. like taking a knee, a generic all-purpose gesture of tolerance and love. Yeah. So chuck some soup at, I don't know, some sort of prominent Qatari. There'd be a few of them at every game. Mm. Maybe the referee, maybe he's Qatari, they could show. Yeah, just go and, and soup them. Tomato soup, all right,
1: Was a minestrone, or is it, is it any kind of... I
0: think any generic soup yeah just the first one you grab when you go to a supermarket and then head off to your nearest gallery or, and or sports stadium yeah you couldn't use minestrone or Indian pumpkin dal because
1: that would be a of course cultural appropriation it's a tricky game the virtue signaling absolutely I used to be a big soccer fan Tim who was your club well that was my problem
0: <laughs>
1: in Britain you don't get to choose your club God gives it to you okay. it's, it's the one in the town in which you live and Mine was Southampton's. Is, is that a bad club? Mm, for all the emotional investment over the years, there was very ri- little return. They were something of a worth, were they? Yeah. It's a sort of an Alcoholics Anonymous moment for me when I decided to swear off soccer. I was in Kaiserslautern, Australia. The Socceroos were playing Italy, you know, trying to win a place for the quarterfinals back in, oh gosh, 2000. 2006 I can't remember but anyway everything was going swimmingly they were holding the Italians to a draw until there was a very dramatic Mm. histrionic dive in the penalty area and Italy got a penalty and won and I just felt so I said what am I what am I doing why have I traveled all the way to Germany to watch this pain and torture and I I decided that was it I've gone off it so that's why I'm, I'm rather glad that there's much more. To the World Cup now than just mere soccer. It's good. It's good. Great. Armbands. <laughs> we should have the rainbow round of the
0: swirl, shouldn't we? We should wear the rainbow armband. For all anyone knows, we're wearing them right now. We could just claim. And it's, only one, it's only one minor step away. I mean, it's such a tiny and stupid gesture in the first mm. place that to claim you're wearing the one-love armband is probably mm. good enough.
1: Well, that's the world game. The world game goes woke. It's got to be a point, though, hasn't it, where the fans reject this. I mean, you've seen it happen in American football. You've seen it happen, I think, to some extent in Australia. In AFL, your team
0: went woke, didn't it? And you. I bailed, yeah. Well, I bailed on the entire AFL because there's nothing but woke happening. And unlike certain people, Nick, who said they were going to leave Twitter, I actually did quit the AFL. Peter Fitzsimons, our dear friend and, I'm imagining, a devoted listener, announced that he would leave Twitter if Donald Trump's account was restored. Trump's returned, but look who is still on Twitter. What's with that? Must be an oversight, surely. He's well, he's using. been busy with a few things.
1: He's got a bit on his mind. His wife's given up her job. He, what's he saying on Twitter? They, 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 I saw there was a, an outburst of people thinking Twitter was suddenly a very dangerous place because Elon... Musk had re- re- removed the security guards or something like that. And <laughs> but for, for what what I see
0: is it's just about as normal as ever, really, isn't it? except that Trump's back. People keep saying, oh, no, it's chaos, chaos on Twitter. And you look at it and it's just people talking about the usual crap they talk about on Twitter. Like, mm. where's the chaos? Mm. It's, and also, but Twitter was going to collapse, remember, because of all the traffic from the World Cup. But it's a technical Technically aware people tell me that Twitter is a very simple app and it's very hard to overload it. And all indications are it's standing up mightily under the weight of people typing stupid little things on Twitter. It's not the most complicated thing in the world, is it?
1: Well, I had an experience. I think I told you last week, we didn't, when we, I was so shocked and stunned by this, we couldn't do a, an edition of The Swirl. But I was running second on Twitter in Australia, I was number two on Twitter just behind the Qatar World Cup. Did it change your life? Well, I, I didn't know how it happened. Believe it or not, it's 800-odd columns I've written for the Australian. None of them have gone viral on Twitter. This one did. The only went viral is because people didn't like it. And suddenly I was just... What did you say that was so wrong? I, I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a column about Under 35 single women, which is that cohort has increased in the last census. And so now more than half here, we're going to get, we're going to create a Twitter storm because you're making me repeat what I said in my column. More than half of under 35 women in Australia are single. Yeah. I suppose if you're an under 35 man or maybe an under 40 man, you can see that as an opportunity. But some of us state old conservatives think it's a problem if people are not settling down and forming families. I think most people want to. Of course, there's some people that choose not to. But anyway, this was taken to be an attack on women. I suggested that they might settle down a bit quicker if they didn't go to university. And of course, they were all up in arms. Oh, you're saying women shouldn't go to university? No, wasn't saying that at all. But it was an interesting experience. And I realised how it works, Tim. What happens is somebody will send your column to somebody else who never reads your columns and no idea about what themes you talk about. And they'll send this column and it'll just say, this disgusts me. (laughs) And then, of course, the person who picks this up on Twitter will think, oh, this, they'll start off with the preconception, this is a disgusting column. And that's how it goes. It just goes. (laughs) But anyway, within
0: 24 hours. That exact same thing happened to me, Nick, a few years ago when I, Trended mightily on the Twitters. I'd written a column in which I'd mentioned, it was, the column was about one of our jihadi kids who'd left Melbourne, I think, to join combat in Syria.
1: Fine upstarting citizen.
0: And of course, like most of our volunteer jihadis, mm. yeah, top kid. And he got you know, blown to bits or whatever. Anyway, the Age newspaper went and spoke to some of his. Friends down at the local mosque. And one of them was a chap named Firkin Durya. What's his first name again? I'm going to have to bleep that out. Two names Firkin Durya. Firkin Durya. Firkin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was taken by the name, let's say. So I just included in the column the observation that I Firkin (laughs) Durya to find a better name than Firkin (laughs) Durya. And someone in Sydney took a photograph of the column, of that paragraph sent it to her brother in the UK. Her brother happened to work for the BBC. This chap reproduced the photograph on Twitter and observed that someone's going to lose their job here. This chap's obviously written a joke just for the editors, just for his own amusement, and it's actually got through into the paper, (laughs) which was obviously my intention, which is, that's why I wrote it. And that theme went round the world that, you know, this terrible mistake had been made and someone had written a, a joke and it had gone to print and, oh my God, the terrible racism of it. And this went round the globe before I woke up. I woke up to a Twitter storm because it, be- it began in the UK. And uh, I got another column out of, it, out of it because it was so ridiculous, this whole Twitter storm, because it began on the mm-hmm. basis of idiocy on the part of this chap in the BBC who, if he'd only bothered to search for the column online, he would have seen the overall tone of it. I think he believed it was like a Uh, news report uh, rather than uh. a column. So he got off on the wrong foot and continued down that line. But the other thing that was strange was Australian journalists, woke journalists, online journalists and other observers and Twitter people, they went with his idea as well and they know that I write jokes. So I don't know. They were just pretending. To not be aware of what the column was about? I don't know.
1: They bestow you with supernatural powers. Well, I do have
0: those. It's true.
1: So last week, in the midst of this Twitter storm, the news broke that Chris Doar, the editor-in-chief of uh, The Australian, had resigned, and it was all a bit of a mystery. Anyway, so pretty soon it was a- a- arrived on Twitter that, that he had had to resign because of my... Because he published my column. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. They live in their own world, don't they? they? They invent their own facts and then like, they just decide that that's now mm. established. Exactly. And then they continue on that basis. I don't know what they thought. The next Monday when my column
1: appeared again, maybe they just decided they were going to sack the editor-in-chief but I was going to be allowed to stay on for
0: writing the column. But Because your column is the most important thing and careers yeah. ride or fall on the basis of their publication. That's, that's stunning, isn't it? It's the way they think. Hey, just quickly, just back onto soccer just very quickly. I've just looked up a column from The Spectator. It's a couple of years old. This is by one of their excellent columnists, Rory Sutherland, I think. He writes, he wrote rather, There's an assumption that we must all share the belief that, it is, that soccer is a particularly fine sport. <laughs> it isn't. At a physical level, behind the glitz, football, by which he means soccer, is to rugby what river <laughs> dance is to Rogers and Astaire. <laughs> A self-imposed disability disguised as a skill. At a philosophical level, there is no sport where the line between intention and luck is more blurred. And he continues, here's how I rank sports. At the top are sports where players make decisions at their own pace in their own time. These are generally games of pure ability untainted by the need for (laughs) physical fitness. Snooker, darts, chess, train simulator 2020, scrabble, golf, poker, croquet and of course bowls. These are also sports where you can drink while playing. In the middle of sports where, though you must respond instantly to the actions of others, there is a civilised break in the proceedings for viewers to catch their breath. Tennis, cricket and baseball sit here. Moments of high tension are interspersed with languorous periods of low excitement where the audience can fix itself a snifter and have a nice chat. At the bottom are sports which involve endless running about. Strangely, the best and first codifieds of these sports Australian rules football seems the least (laughs) popular. (laughs) And it continues. I think people should look up that column if they want to talk about the soccer and so on being a sport. You are right. It has been made much more fascinating by the inclusion of woke antics.
1: Yeah, and I would stand up for the game of soccer, which I think is... Well, it's, its longevity and its worldwide popularity it says there's something in it, I and mean, there is. I mean, once you're invested in it, it's almost like religious experience, getting to a football ground and standing there with the crowd and singing. Getting beaten up. Singing, it's all Southampton, all Southampton FC, they're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen, which is quite absurd, but you get some thrill out of it. The Millwall team was... Everybody hated Millwall. And what's the Australian equivalent of that? Collingwood. But yes, probably. Everybody hated Millwall back in the old days anyway. So they'd sing to the remember Rod Stewart's sailing. They'd sing we are Millwall, yes. we are Millwall. No one likes us, we don't care. <laughs> We can do sport all morning, but of course there's more important things. Motoring. To Motoring News. Yes. To you as our motoring correspondent, Tim, The you did give me the name of it earlier. It's just a string of initials and numbers, but the worst electric car in the world
0: has arrived on our shores. Tell me about it. It doesn't sound like a great one. You remember when Chris Bowen, our respected and adored energy minister. Fine man. Was yeah. talking a few months ago about we need electric utes. Electric utes will save us. Well, we now have one. An electric ute is now for sale in Australia. It is called the LDV ET60. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Mm. It is Chinese, and it's essentially an electric version of LDV's diesel ute. They've just taken out the diesel engine and put a battery in. (laughs) Now, That's that's fairly basic, you'd think. Yeah, for a ute. It's a ute. It's supposed to carry heavy loads supposed to carry heavy loads and be a workhorse and do useful things. Mm. Mm. And it's supposed to be affordable as well. Now, the standard LDV T60 without the E, the standard diesel version of this ute, costs about 45 grand. Mm. The electric one costs 92,990 grand. (laughs) It's double the price. Now, just to make sure that they can get it onto the market below six figures they've deleted ldv have deleted a lot of the high-end equipment so as the daily telegraph reported the et60 misses out on cruise control soft release target leather steering wheel and spare wheel it's also light on for safety doing without auto emergency braking blind spot warning and driver assistance features but also has a shorter warranty just five years and 160,000 k so you pay twice as much and you get less nick you get a lot less. No cruise control. No cruise control, no soft release target, no other fancy Pretty bits and basic. pieces and no you know high-level safety gear. As well, now, you mentioned you meant to have this function of being able to carry stuff around and so on, tow mm. things. Mm. The towing limit on this vehicle is 1,000 kilograms, just 1,000 kilograms. Now, just to put that, give that some context a little VW Golf has a towing capacity of 1,600 kilograms. <laughs> Your U petrol or diesel utes, they're up around 3,000 kilograms. So this thing is 1,000 kilograms? That's all. 93 grand you're paying for this, by the way, Nick. Okay. Now, here's the other thing. Charging. To get a 20 to 80% charge in a DC charger in a, one of those public recharging mm-hmm. points, it takes you about 40 minutes to get a 20 to 80% charge. 45 minutes. Mm. And again, in context, you can stuff a Boeing 777 with 50,000 US gallons of fuel in that same time. (laughs) So, with very old technology, I might say. But there's one positive that our reviewer, Toby Hagen, was able to just put into his report that energy use of this vehicle of the damned equates to a claimed. 26.9 26.9 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometres, which works out to about $8 of electricity per 100 kilometres. Less than half the amount diesel pie buyers will be shelling out at the moment. Okay. Every 100 kilometres you travel in this, relative to a diesel-yewed, mm-hmm. you're saving $8. Yep. Just off the top of your head, Nick, how many kilometres do you think you'd have to cover before you made up that initial purchase price disadvantage?
1: Right well, we could do the sums, couldn't we? So this one is ninety three thousand as opposed to forty five, so that's forty forty eight thousand dollars more. And how much did you say you were saving?
0: Ten mm. ten You're saving eight dollars every one hundred kilometers. You've got to drive a lot of kilometers. <laughs> well I can save you the time. I can save you the time then, Nick. Go on. You need to cover about five hundred and eighty thousand kilometers. And then you've got your nose in front. Now Given that the average distance travelled by Australians in their cars per year, this will take more than four decades of driving. But eventually, eventually, sometime around about the 43rd year, you're in front, baby. It's all profit from there. How good's that? Well, I
1: suppose you're saving the planet, or so you think. I might have mentioned this to you before, but Volkswagen have put out a neat little graph that shows how many kilometres you have to drive on, on in an electric vehicle before it becomes mm. more carbon-friendly than a diesel version. Because, of course, with yeah. an electric vehicle, you've got a lot of minerals in there. It's a heavy car. A lot of slave-generated minerals, too. You've got slave-generated cobalt, slave-processed lithium, so on and so on. And it's 60,000 miles, which... I think some models
0: come with slave-skin seats. Yeah, yeah, they're really comfy. Did I just say that 60- sixty <laughs> <laughs> trending on Twitter again? Sixty thousand
1: miles, what about a hundred thousand kilometres? You've got to deli- drive at a hundred thousand kilometres before it gets more carbon friendly than a diesel version, and that's assuming that every drop of that electricity that comes in is generated just by renewable. But yes, here's the third thing: in Australia, we would we've been burning some gas plants have been converted to diesel. Because it's cheaper than natural gas. So there's a good chance, at least part of that topping up your car with electricity would have also been produced by diesel. It adds yes. to the sort of pointlessness, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Now, with our back to our beloved LDV electric ET60 ute. Tell me more. In a desperate attempt, I suppose, to extend the range of this vehicle, the engine such as it is, cuts its output at highway speeds to about 85 kilowatts. That's all you've got available under your right foot is 85 kilowatts maximum. That is equal to the output of a 1967 Holden. (laughs) (laughs) That's how backward this vehicle is. And this is what our future is. Everything about this vehicle is worse Mm. than a a far cheaper, half as expensive Mm. diesel equivalent. At every level, there's no better thing there's nothing here. Yeah, it's awful. And here's your final non-selling point, Nick. The company that produces this vehicle is owned in turn by a larger company, which is itself owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Well, I think that's the nail in the coffin as far as I'm concerned. Run! To, I can hear you now pacing straight to the door. <laughs> It's a commie wagon. Good Lord.
1: Everything over this net zero 2050 is built on the idea everybody's going to be switching out of hydrocarbons to fuel their cars. Batteries. How's this going to happen? I spoke to my mate Jock. Jock was on the show, I think, last year. We had him on to talk about how how things were going out at his farm out there in Rankin Springs. Good bloke. I said, Jock, how's the price of diesel affecting you? Yes. It's terrible. Good bloke. He said, I just filled up the hopper the other day, the header because the harvest was on, $2,500 to fill up one header with petrol, with diesel. It's about a thousand, thousand and something litre tank. Can you imagine? So how where, where anywhere oh, on any horizon is the battery that's going to replace a thousand litres of diesel. And if you can't, then we're we just going to have to go back to what horses and size army to get rid of the wheat we just won't be able to produce harvest wheat in those quantities uh, at that price and and people will get hungry again (laughs) so
0: it's a fantasy we'll be eating bugs Nick it'll be great everyone will be happy eating bugs you'll you'll eat your bugs and you'll enjoy them Nick the other thing Tim about this What's the resale value of one of those cars? Not great. Well, what they I always say? You drop about 10 grand as soon as you drive something off a lot. But that sort of that changed during all the lockdowns because there were supply chain problems and, and second-hand cars went up in value. It's actually kind of hard right now to read the car market to the second-hand market because it needs to level off again before we can think. But I can't see anyone rational buying this particular vehicle. Uh, he- I think Teslas have historically held their value fairly well. Up to now. After Teslas, there's a big drop-off. Up to now, but I predict this will change
1: pretty quickly. And here's the... You go and buy yourself, mm-hmm. I don't know, Hyundai i30. Eight years later, you might have had to replace the spark plugs, maybe a bit of oil, mm-hmm. a few bits and pieces here and there, and that's it. But if you buy a Tesla or one of these, what is it, an IDV something, whatever the electric car you mentioned, you're going to have to... You know within eight years you're going to have to replace the battery. You just know it. Not spark plug, it's a battery. Yeah. And guess what? The price of lithium has gone up 16 times in the last year and it's going to go up still <laughs> further. How much will that battery cost you in 2030? You buy a car this year. You have no idea but it's going to be a hell of a lot more expensive. It's sort of, a, uh, the, 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 the logic of buying an electric car from a buyer's point of view just falls away, doesn't it? And I think people will catch on to this in time. and. <laughs> batteries are not getting cheaper they'll only get more expensive because there's a shortage of lithium and other metals so yeah it doesn't look good i want to love them tim because apparently they've got lots of torque in them I don't, I don't know this chinese one but you buy a
0: tesla they can rock it along quite nicely oh yeah yeah but there's performance and there's performance there's, performance is not just a, a flat measure there's qualitative things involved and subjective things like sound and the, the nature of power delivery, the curve, and so on. Mm. There's different ways you can rate mm. it. Yeah. Well, that's us. Dinosaurs. As much as Elon has, uh, has redeemed himself lately, no. his cars are still electric.
1: Talking of Elon, how
0: much did he spend on Twitter? Was it 48 billion? 44, 40, 40 odd million? Oh, sorry, 40 odd billion US dollars? Look, right. I'm sure he'll make it work because he's
1: a clever guy, but I'm not sure it's the best investment he's made. I've ordered a satellite. Dish this week for Elon Musk's Starlink system. You heard about this? It's brilliant. No, explained. Elon Musk has just quietly put up thirty no three thousand mini satellites all over the globe. They're about the size of a shoebox okay. and, and there's lots of them floating above Australia right now. Okay. If you want to get fast broadband anywhere out of the city, the best way to do yep. it now is on Elon Musk's starlink fantastic in fact you've got to buy the i think i paid 400 bucks or something for the satellite receiver and then you pay just you've got a plan just like any other phone plan 60 bucks a month or something and you can get this anywhere isn't it brilliant and he he only paid 12 billion invested 12 billion in this so roughly a quarter of what he spent on twitter he's now got a global satellite network isn't that amazing and in low orbit. That's extraordinary. And better quality, say, than even our beloved NBN. Much better and cheaper. And the NBN, of course, we did it the old way. You know, we put up high-level, big, old-fashioned satellites. The Australian government paid for them These as a satellite yeah. base. I think it's just outside Broken Hill. I remember driving past it. Receives the signal, pumps it around. Elon's just got all these little satellites all over the place, low level. They're low altitude, which is a, a much better system. And it's just, mm-hmm. just and it's got, there'll be a mobile phone, I think, within 18 months. Remember the old satellite mobile phones were expensive. and Oh, yeah, they were huge. I think this is clever. I quite like that. It's good. The Victorian election.
0: As we speak, counting is about to begin. Counting is about to begin in the Victorian election. There have been a number of Conservative commentators saying very positive things about a potential boil over really i can't see it myself i can't see it at all i think people have got to understand that there are two very distinct victorias those that love dan and those that definitely don't love dan it's a very distinct split but i think the love dan crew might be more numerous People forget that during the lockdowns, there were a lot of people who supported all of that caper Mm. when Melbourne went through its North Korean phase, Mm. and uh, some people absolutely adored it. It, It's foreign to my experience of the Australian nature, let's just say, Nick.
1: It's hard for us, not in Victoria, those of us of a, shall we say, conservative disposition to really understand why this is. I mean, the only possible explanation is a sort of Trump-scale voter fraud going on, the (laughs) But clearly that's not the case because we've got the very responsible Australian <laughs> Electoral Commission here to run things. It does seem a mystery, but he's got this amazing grip, hasn't he, on on the population there. Even though, you know, the world's longest lockdowns,
0: which were horrible. You'd think there'd be a penalty to pay for that. You'd think there would be. He's got a far better grip on the electorate than he does on that porch, doesn't he? Indeed. wasn't too well anchored to that. no. Maybe the porch should run. The mysterious
1: falling off of the step. That first step is a doozy. And then, of course, there was the
0: running over a kid on a bicycle. story as well. That was his wife, I understand, was behind the wheel. That was his wife, was it? Sorry. Terrible incident. It it couldn't have... Yeah, yeah, okay. Either that or you might have misgendered him, (laughs) which used to be a terrible crime, Nick. (laughs) It used to be the worst thing. Now, this is another big thing that's occurred while you were talking to important people about nuclear energy. All the gender rules have Mm. been rewritten, Nick. All of them. Let me just go through Uh some of them for you, just to remind you of how things have been going so far. Now, previous to to last week, just last week, we had to respect an individual's gender choice. Mm -hmm. We had to use their preferred pronouns. We were not allowed to question any motives behind any kind of gender transition. And we were definitely not permitted to judge a person's gender merely by something so inconsequential as their appearance. If someone told you they were a she or a he or a non-binary, you had to accept that and proceed on that basis. That's right. We know the rules. Yes. Well, we thought we did, Nick, and we tried as hard as we could. I know both of us certainly Mm -hmm. did to obey those rules. A point I think I'll be making again to the press council pending certain... (laughs) Not another one. I'm on first name terms with those kids these days. Anyway, then there was a terrible case that's changed everything. A a man went to a Colorado Springs gay bar and murdered people. He was a random murderer, armed and so on. He shot the place up, five lives lost. Mm. Awful. And many on the left immediately came to the conclusion in advance of any further facts being known, that this terrible crime had been prompted by conservative criticism of the LGBTQ plus agenda, that the people who were questioning trans activism and trans surgeries and trans everything in the trans culture had provoked or prompted this person to take those actions. They didn't know anything about the chap at this point. Now, the fellow uh, is now in jail. He's made some representations to court awaiting his trial. One of the things he said through his lawyer was that he identifies as non-binary and that he'd appreciate very much if all the court documents referred to him as them and they. Mm -hmm. This has caused some confusion among our left-wing commentators. The narrative very quickly changed in the very first instance when CNN broke this news, there was a, during a panel discussion, and they were so bewildered that they just immediately began referring to the shooter as he. He has identified as non-binary. He has filed these court documents wanted to be called they and them. Now, come on, the rule is no. You can't be saying he.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> the rule no. is no. <laughs> straight away, immediately, it's they. Then CNN, probably realising they were a bit in over their heads, Called up a trans woman called Natalie Bingham. Now I've got Natalie here, this bit of interview. And Natalie, who by the way, does look like a bloke. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it. Because apparently you can now, because that's what Natalie said. Let's just tune into Natalie. Natalie, when we started the show, we just got we got a little bit of news earlier that the attorneys for the shooter um, are now saying that the shooter is non-binary, and the, sho- the shooter uh, would like to use the pronouns they, them. And uh, This is for the court in all court papers, and that's what um, Anderson Ald- Aldrich's attorneys are saying. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that's um, complete ludicrous. <laughs> um, I believe they're just saying that because they want to have... Um, the easy way out on this, Um, that's really, really um, offending, especially being a transgender woman myself, that a male, which it was obvious with the mugshot, that's a man. That's not a non-binary person because in no way, shape or form could they appear as a woman the next day. Um, It's really offensive to even hear that, that they're playing that role. Um, And if they're non-binary, why would you go after the club where you feel safe at? Why would you do that to a community where you are welcomed in if you are
1: non-binary?
0: Excellent question. Obviously, all of this will have to be answered. (laughs) Oh,
1: shut up, CNN lady. They're tying themselves up in knots on this, aren't they?
0: Now, just to summarize, Nick, these are the new rules. As we've just heard, we don't need to respect an individual's gender choice. We can decide what it is. CNN says, CNN says. So, so Yes, the most trusted name in news. Most authoritative source on woke protocol. We can use whatever pronouns we deem appropriate. Yeah. Like but you look at someone and you go, he, she, whatever. Your call. We may openly question transition motives. So if someone says, I'm a, a male, I'm female, I'm non-binary, you can go, well, you're just saying that because. You can question them. And this is the biggest breakthrough of them all. We are allowed to judge a person's gender by their appearance. Wow. As Natalie, formerly Jeff, whatever, has now told us, that is clearly a man. Now, going by that rule, by the way, it's fairly obvious that Natalie is a man. So these are the new rules, as trans people are telling us. So I just think that's where we're at now. You don't think... It's It's all gone back. It just took this one breakthrough shocking crime, and it's all been reverted. You
1: don't think that this this is just a different rule that applies to
0: white nationalist serial killers? Well, we don't know anything about the chap. We don't know what motivation was involved. Mm. It might have been a personal issue. It might have been mental illness. It doesn't sound very stable. No one really is when, if they're doing that sort of thing. Are they? No,
1: but that's the thing. It's the narrative. We went into a bar which was, what, an LGBTQB... Whatever, QBE something, I don't know, bar. So it is assumed because he shot up people of transgender something that he must be an intolerant fascist white guy. He can't just be a nutcase.
0: He can't just be a nutjob. You're not allowed just to be a nutjob. No, you're not allowed just to be imbalanced and crazy and so on. You've got to have an obvious motive and it fits into whatever the current narrative is. Hmm. When they talk about a hate crime, a hate
1: crime is ascribing a motive to somebody. Yes, you don't know he's got that. The motive is there. Very rarely do these people stand up and say, "Why did you kill them? Oh, because I hate them." Uh, that's not necessarily a hate crime. Is an ascribed motive by outsiders, yeah. but we, it, it's, it's very complicated. I think I think thank you, Tim, for monitoring. I think you, you need to monitor CNN so we can
0: keep up with the ever-changing protocols of woke i'm guessing that this one by the way won't catch on no that by by tuesday for example we'll be back to just saying your pronouns are your pronouns and we'll just obey and we'll stop identifying people yeah i suppose it
1: it won't catch on because it's common sense isn't it that a a bloke looks like a bloke is a bloke and, and vice versa common sense doesn't catch on if it needs to be a a good deal weirder and contorted for it to catch on these days. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, mate. We're talking to which I think we've exhausted everything. Stand by for the election result from Victoria, which you might mull on next week. But it's been good to catch up, Tim. I'm sorry we missed last week. Absolutely. For various reasons. And don't forget you can give us, you know, don't forget you must give us five stars. It's an order. Give us five stars. Send that algorithm rocketing through the stratosphere. If you're listening on the Elon Musk satellite system, Good day. And even if you're not, we just want listeners. So, sent five stars is the minimum. Cinco estrellas in Spanish. That'll, that'll do us when it's time. We'll see you talk again next week. Absolutely, mate. All oh, good. So it's lots of Good. Okay. Every American and LBJ is with Australia all the way.
0: Australia is the best place in the world to bring
1: up a family. but we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they
0: come.